Hello, and welcome to my podcast series on Advent. I'm your host, Renee, and I am a seminary student uh, entering my second year of seminary, and I'm so thrilled to have this opportunity to just share the word with you. Advent is the liturgical season that precedes Christmas, and many well-meaning Christians have believed that Advent is merely a time preparing us for the celebration of Christ's birth when it's actually a time of preparing us for Christ's second coming. Yes, Advent, in one word, means coming. Well, we know that Christ came to us in the flesh and that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of all our sins. And we know that he rose from the dead and defeated death once and for all. We also know from Scripture that Christ will come again to judge both the living and the dead. This is what we call his second coming. He came once to earth in the flesh, and he will return again. The second coming of Christ, or you could actually call it the second advent of Christ, is mentioned over 1,500 times in the Old Testament and 300 times in the New Testament. In fact, in the New Testament, Christ's return is mentioned in one out of every 25 verses. This is something that is hoped for with the assurance that we have because Christ promised it. The prophet Amos in the Old Testament in Amos 3, 7 reminds us, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. And he has certainly revealed this plan of returning to the prophets. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the themes of Advent that anticipate Christ's return. So this past Sunday... The theme was hope. So let's dig a little bit deeper into the second coming of Christ, or as I said, we could call it the second advent of Christ. The second coming of Christ is the hope. Another way to say this is the assurance of believers is that God is in control of all things, and Jesus is fully God. As John tells us in his gospel in John 1.1, Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus has been there since the beginning, and through him, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. As God, Jesus is faithful to the promises and prophecies in his word. In his first coming, Jesus came to the earth, as we know and celebrate at Christmas, as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem, just as prophesied. And Jesus fulfilled many of the prophecies of the Messiah during his birth, his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. In fact, he's already fulfilled 300 of the prophecies. However, there are still some prophecies regarding the Messiah Jesus is not yet fulfilled. 
And that's where the second coming of Christ with his return will fulfill the rest of these prophecies. In his first coming, Jesus was what we could call the suffering servant. In his second coming, Jesus will be the conquering king. In his first coming, we know Jesus arrived in the most humble of circumstances, which this is what we're recalling now at Christmas time, being born to an unwed mother in a stable for animals. And then on Good Friday, we reflect on his suffering a cruel death on a Roman cross, and then his triumphant resurrection we celebrate on Easter. In his second coming, Jesus will arrive with armies of heaven at his side. This is an arrival in glory. Now, it's interesting to note, many Jews believe that the Old Testament prophets were actually talking about two different messiahs. Yes, one would be the suffering one, aka Jesus, but that another messiah will come in triumph as the conquering king. Well, hmm, what scripture do we look to and place our hope in that Jesus is this same suffering servant and the Lord of Lord, King of Kings, who is going to return. Well, there's lots of scripture, but one verse is found in Zechariah. Zechariah is an Old Testament prophet, and he lived about 500 years before Jesus. He is the prophet who foretold of what was going to happen when Jesus entered into Jerusalem on what we now call Palm Sunday. He said, See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. But then it's in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, that he says that during this second advent or this second coming, all will realize that Jesus is the Christ. And he says, and I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced. Okay, so think of what happened to Jesus on the cross. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. On that day, the weeping in Jerusalem will be great. Another example is found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Look, he is coming on the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. After Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after he rose from the dead, it's recorded that the angels said to the apostles who were standing around, most likely with gaping mouths because Jesus was here one moment and now he's ascended the next, and the angels said, 
Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now, the second coming or second advent is spoken of in great detail in Revelation. If you look at Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16, it just gets you so excited why we have this hope. It says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This second advent, this second coming of Christ, is what we hope for as Christians and what we hope for during this Advent season. The hope and assurance of Scripture is for this return of Jesus to bring about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not of this world, and so It's kind of impossible for us to imagine it. Our lens is an earthly lens. We look to the brokenness of this world and we think of God kind of as a Calgon bath commercial. Jesus, take me away. So we can't fully understand what this means while we're still rooted in this world. But we do know that God's kingdom breaks in right now when we have faith. In other words, when we have the word of God in our ears that he's for us, that he died for the forgiveness of all our sins, that feeling of peace that we get is literally God's kingdom breaking into our existence in the here and now. This breaking in of his kingdom gives us hope and assurance that our sins do not have the final word. We are killed and made alive. This breaking in of God's kingdom gives us assurance and hope that no matter how badly we screw up, and we know we will, God loves us and he promises us forgiveness and life eternal with him. Our repentance and new birth starts in this world and will find its consummation in heaven. Paul talks about this in his letter to the Philippians. 
In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That means the day of Christ's return. Christ's work in us actually began the hour we first believed. It's when the, we receive the Holy Spirit in our baptism that he now resides in us and produces good fruit. Where does our hope come from this Advent season? Our hope comes from the Lord, not in worldly possessions and worldly treasures. It's the Lord who gives us the promise of salvation and eternal life. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that he who believes in him shall not die, but shall have eternal life. It's because of Christ that we have the promise of eternal life. I want to end this podcast with the vision of an anchor. Now, the anchor has been an ancient symbol of Christianity dating back all the way to the 4th century. According to gotquestions.org, they say the anchor metaphor emphasizes stability and safety of Christ as our hope. The anchor, like our hope, is firm and secure, sure and steadfast, strong and trustworthy. A ship's anchor allows the vessel to remain fixed, right, and unmoving regardless of the conditions at sea. James 1.6 says that without faith, we're like being tossed on the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. But when we have hope, we have an anchor. Keeping our eyes on Christ, our hope, and our Redeemer keeps us anchored in any kind of sea. Hold on to that anchor of hope in Christ this week and have a blessed Advent season as you look forward to the coming of Christ. Amen.